Welcome to another episode of At Home with Leaders, this series that is part of the Leaders Performance Podcast. Its aim is to unearth stories and insights from the top people within high performance and what they're doing as sport returns to our lives and edges back to some sort of new normality. I'm Matthew Stone, Senior Product Manager here at the Leaders Performance Institute, and I'd like to say hello again to all the returning listeners and say a big welcome to those of you who are listening for the first time. It is a pleasure to have you with us. We're delighted that this podcast is sponsored by Kaiser, who are also main partners at the Leaders Performance Institute. Kaiser have been changing the world of fitness for over 40 years, and we're proud to have been partnering with them for nearly a decade ourselves. More than 80% of the top professional sports teams in the world now train with Kaiser exercise equipment. And if you want to join them, then get in touch with someone at the Leaders team for an intro or head to kaiser.com to find out more. In a moment, you'll be able to listen to our conversation with Gerson Rosas discussing talent identification, leadership development, and building a high performance culture. As you can probably guess, these are all the sorts of topics that come up time and time again amongst our network. With this in mind, we've made a few changes here at the Leaders Performance Institute. The world of high performance is evolving and so are we. So if you'd like to find out more about what we're introducing, including our brand new performance communities, as well as our events, content, virtual learning and networking, then please visit leadersinsport.com forward slash performance and join over 700 people at the home of total high performance. Now on to today's episode. As always, it's a pleasure to have my co-host from California alongside me once again, founder and CEO of Gaines Group. It's Mr. Steve Gira. How are you and how's LA today, Steve? I'm doing all right, Matt. LA, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners around the world are probably looking at the news right now about the Western United States. Um, Yeah, the air quality is uh, definitely a concern out here. We've, uh, entire world's had a heck of a 2020 in LA's and uh, in the Western United States are getting hit right now. And I think when it comes to, uh, you know, how the city's responding, we're all doing pretty well. Um, city's really, really excited um, as well about how well our sports teams are uh, kind of performing right now and excited to talk about the NBA a little bit more with our guest here today. Good to hear. Well, as ever, we hope things are on the up in LA and wherever you're listening, of course. On to today's guest, and it's someone we know pretty well over here at Leaders and have done over the last few years. Originally when he was down in Houston, but now he's the president of basketball operations at the NBA's Minnesota Timberwolves. It's Gerson Rosas. Good morning, Gerson. How are you today? Good morning, Matt. Doing well. It's good to be here with you and Steve. Appreciate the opportunity. Where in the world today are you speaking to us from, Gerson? I am in uh, Minneapolis now. We are uh, in our first week of a three-week process of uh, our in-market bubble where we will be welcoming back our team. We actually started yesterday. This first week is more of individual workouts, and then the next two weeks will be in an actual bubble slash campus setting where we'll have all our players and our staff together. Uh, It's a good way to kind of bring an end to last year after the hard stop and really prepare for the uh, upcoming season. And good opportunity for our coaches and our players to work on some basketball, but also for us to continue developing our culture, our environment, our philosophy, and uh, really hone in on uh, what we have to do as we prepare for next season. Absolutely. And you mentioned a few words like environment and culture there, which we'll definitely delve into a little later. Um, Now, these conversations are moving more away from lockdown and COVID, hopefully. Um, However, I would like to ask you how you reflect on your time in lockdown period. What did it teach you or uh, what did it make you more aware of or appreciate more? I mean, how do you look back on that time? 
it, it definitely impacted us in uh, very, very uh, strong ways. And, you know, from a personal perspective, you know, we had the loss of uh, Jackie Towns, Carl Towns' mother. Uh, so that, that hit home pretty hard. And during the lockdown, we had the uh, George Floyd tragedy here in Minneapolis. So a, a lot going on during a short period of time for us. But at the same time, uh, it, it's a reality that everybody in the world faced. And for us professionally, it, it, it really challenged us. You know, our, our first year here in Minneapolis with the Timberwolves, we had just finished the trade deadline. We had turned over the roster, uh, really establishing our philosophy and our new direction. And, and it was a, a hard stop. But it, it's really allowed us over these last five or six months to really uh, adjust. And uh, I believe good, or, good organizations have to be able to do that. You have to be versatile. Uh, you have to be strong in your identity and your beliefs and your philosophy, uh, but you have to be strong and tight enough to be able to adjust as the environment changes around you. And uh, we've been incredibly productive as we go into very in a very important off season for us, both draft related and uh, free agency trade related as we continue to build out our team, continuing to build our identity as an organization, uh, servicing our players, uh, working with our staff, uh, working in our market to do everything that we can to continue to move this organization forward. But it's challenged us. I think it's made us more efficient. It's made us more creative. It's allowed us to really look at our priorities and laser focus on the things that matter the most in order to impact at the highest level. So, I, you know, I would say that that's been a good change for us. I think for us as an organization, for our players, with everything we've gone through over the last six months, we've really grown up. Gerson, so you did change over the entire roster, right? And and when when you do that, like the 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 hope is that like those players who are now part of your new core get a chance to play with each other right away and get a chance to start to get to know each other and, and then get to start to to gel as a as a new as a new unit or roster. And and knowing full well that you have like the number one pick and, and we can talk about all of this, you know, coming up here in a little bit, but having that hard stop and then and then having everything that happened after the hard stop. Um, that your players all of a sudden had to deal with and, and took up a lot of their headspace. Um, were you able to get your players together at any given point during the course of the last couple months in order to really kind of, you know, help them get to know each other, you know, and, and work on, you know, practically work on that kind of that team building and the culture building? Yes, yeah, Steve, I, I tell you, you know, it's one of the things we, we don't consider ourselves to be experts of everything by, by any means. And, what we've gone through is is when COVID hit, you know, we were fortunately, we, we have great staff and Dr. Robbie Sika uh, was ahead of the curve there in terms of understanding what was coming and being able to warn our players and, and prepare us as, as, as well as he could to what was coming. Uh, so that gave us a lot of credibility with our players and with our staff. But we've always sought out experts uh, in those areas. And whether it was COVID, whether it was the George Floyd situation and the social injustice that was involved there, we really uh, sought out experts in those spaces. And we brought our players together uh, on Zoom. And uh, we really grew as an organization by being comfortable and being uncomfortable and having some very hard conversations and really walking through everything that's going on around us. And whether it's our best player uh, losing somebody that's incredibly important to him, or whether it's our players living in an environment and in a time where social injustice is what it is, uh, we really needed to talk through that. And we had 
great leaders uh, in, in, in those spaces, an, an individual like True Pettigrew, who's very involved in uh, diversity and inclusion and bringing together communities, you know, whether it's minority communities with the police department and understanding uh, why uh, tragedies like George Floyd happen and how we as a body, as, you know, not only players and staff as an organization, but uh, what we can do in our communities to really impact sustainable change. And we listen to our players a lot. We have a, the youngest roster in the NBA, but they really matured and grew and really grew up through this process and uh, became very vocal and were very passionate about what was going on around us. And if it was helping protect our, our community from COVID, you know, awareness campaigns, or dealing with the social injustice and the need to vote and the need to be educated and the need to understand. Uh, you know, we set up talks and conversations with our mayor and our police chief with our players. We did a lot through the speaker platform where we just we, we got educated about what was happening around us. We got experts that could give us an understanding of what we were living and we were going through to be more educated as we responded to all these things. And our players really appreciated, our staff appreciated it, and it really brought us together with the goal and the objective of creating sustainable changes in different areas of our world. That's tremendous to hear. And and one of the things that I've observed in sport over the years is that a lot of times really great teams take on the personality of their community and the community and or the community takes on the personality of the team to a certain degree. You've got a young team, you've got a city, you just very aptly described is going through a lot of change. You know, sometimes for a leader in sports, it's easier to say, no, let's actually put a hard line here and let's divorce ourselves from politics. Let's divorce ourselves from all of these other things, right? Let's just be a basketball team. Are, are you saying that like one of the things that you're going to try and incorporate as part of your leadership for the team going forward is actually trying to create that reflective nature between city and, and club? Absolutely, Steve. I, I would tell you uh, our four pillars are as an organization to be innovative, to be player centric, to be family oriented, uh, while at the same time being championship driven. I, I say that because it forces us into a different space. Uh, we can't be like other teams. We're almost like a new startup. You know, we have to be creative. Uh, we have to be very inclusive. And we have to be uh, very aggressive in our approach. And the stance that we've taken with the Timberwolves is one where we want to embrace our players. We want to embrace our staff. We want to embrace our community. And when you want to do that, you're going to have to tackle tough issues that we're facing in the world today. And the reality is it's hard to separate that. Those are things that are important to our players, that are important to our staff, to our fans. Those are things we have to deal with and we have to address. And for us, we look at it from the different, from the opposite perspective is sports unites people and people from all, all races, backgrounds, and those opportunities to, whether it's, it's basketball, whatever sport it may be, to bring people together. We want to use that platform for positive and impactful change. And, you know, the subjects we've talked about, the areas that we've talked about, if they're important to our players, they're, they're going to be important to us. What would you tell a coach or what would you tell um, one of your contemporaries who, who was resistant to taking that approach and just wanted to keep sport completely separated from everything else that's happening in the world? What, what would you tell them and, um, and what advice would you give them to try and get over that? I think that's a fair concern. And, and I would just say that the reality of it is you have to be genuine to who you are, uh, number one. And number two, you have to have uh, 
organizational philosophical alignment. And I'm fortunate from our ownership group to myself, to our coaches, to our corporate side, we're all very strongly aligned. And that's one of our biggest strengths, but even very early in, in our relationship and our partnership here in Minnesota. Uh, you know, we've gone through the process of identifying what, what our core values are, what our priorities are, and they line up exactly uh, in this manner, in this way. So we have to be who we are. You know, I would tell others, you know, it's, it's either got to be something that's in you or it's not. It's not something you can fake. It's not something that you can want to do. And if there's no connection with all those levels, if there's no connection with those players, it's not going to be genuine and it's not going to be impactful. Uh, and that's something that as an organization, we've chosen just who we are, what we're about, the day and age that we're at. That's something that's incredibly important for us. And so speaking of uh, impactful, one thing that's coming around the corner is, is the draft. Um, you've got the number one pick. Do you, do you know how you're going to kind of play this at this point? Or are you guys still in the, in the process of getting your strategy together? <laughs> so the you know the silver lining in in the pandemic and the hard stop it's that we've had we've had a lot of time to prepare and uh, we were we were very fortunate where the lottery balls ended up here you know almost a month ago now but you need those breaks you know in reality these processes humble you because you have no control um, you know we've done everything we can in terms of of continuing to execute our vision and our philosophy for this organization. And while we're the youngest team, we're continuing to take steps forward. We're fortunate to have a couple of individuals like Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, who we uh, acquired this past season. But now being able to, you know, to catch a break, like getting the number one pick in this draft is incredibly important for us. Now uh, we we're doing our due diligence. We're preparing as much as we can to make sure that when that decision comes, we'll be ready to go. But at the same time, we're not doing our job if we're not creating opportunities, whether that's trading the pick uh, and looking what options might be out there or selecting. Uh, we feel very confident in our processes and our people as we do our work through this, but it's incredibly exciting for the organization. You know, we've, we've gone through a lot as we've spoken about it. getting the number one pick was something that not only our organization, but our community and our fans could rally around. And, you know, we continue to build this organization, um, you know, one brick at a time, and we want to build a strong foundation. Uh, we want to have a good, strong, young core uh, but we have a lot of work left ahead of us. There's a lot of maturation. Uh, there's a lot of development um, that comes with being young. But we've got a very passionate group, whether it's in the front office or on the coaching side, that wants to see this vision through. And uh, this is another big step in that direction. Every time I speak to you, Gerson, it's it's you know clear to see how excited you are about this new challenge and this in this new era, if you will. So. Um, I'm sure there are a million and one ways in which you're thinking about it, but specifically, how are you approaching evaluating the players? And I guess on a deeper level, how are you profiling them versus the culture that you know you're building uh, at the club? Thanks, thanks for saying that, Matt. And yeah, you know, for us, it's it's a very thorough and diligent approach. We've I'm fortunate to have a great staff in place, um, individuals like you know Sachin Gupta and Gianluca Pascucci, among others, who have you know have we have really strong processes in place and the silver lining of the extra time has allowed us to dig deep the challenge during this period of not having your traditional combine your traditional workouts has made it challenging but we're very diligent from a scouting evaluation perspective and from an analytical production perspective 
to make sure that we know these guys inside out and the ability to be thorough, to be diligent, to, you know, the draft is an inexact science. And, you know, you mentioned culture, you mentioned character, you mentioned identity. Those are all things that we're taking into consideration as we get to know um, these individuals. I, I think as we've worked through it, uh, we like the pool uh, that's in this draft. We feel like there's good depth and we're excited about the, the, the talent that we'll be able to add to our team uh, moving forward. But it's been, been in a, a process that, you know, when, when you're up top in the draft, you got to make sure you, you turn every stone and you get every piece of information and, and you process it the right way. I think we have to have a balanced approach to make sure that we, we get this decision right and we're able to, to continue to build the Minnesota Timberwolves in, in, in the fashion that, that we're looking forward to. So Gerson, what does it take to be a Timberwolf? Are there, you know, a few key things and a few key values and traits you're focusing on when recruiting and identifying potential talent, both as a player and of course as a person as well? Yeah, I mean, to be to be fair, talent is obviously something that's critically important, especially, you know, where where we're picking, where our platform is at this point. But specifically what we look for in players is uh, the character, who they are, not only on the court, but who are they off the court. One of our goals and our focus is to make whatever players are in our organization, not only the best player they can be, but the best people they can be. You know, that, that involves things that are near and dear to their heart. Getting to know what those individ- who those individuals are, being passionate about their craft and about the game is incredibly important. Toughness is another area that's important to us. Uh, you know, we're young. Uh, we're talented, but we have to have a layer of toughness that gives us a perspective of competition and grit and desire. And we're trying to do something here in Minnesota that hasn't been done. We, you know, our goal and our focus is to build uh, an NBA championship team. And that's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of effort. Uh, but we're really confident that if we get the right individuals in place, we build the foundation and we build a strong core that over time, we're going to be able to accomplish that goal, but it takes the right people on the court in terms of our players. And the draft is a big part of that, but it also takes the right people off the court in terms of coaching and, and front office. And, you know, we're, we're excited because we have a group in place that's, that's very passionate about that. How important is it for you, Gerson, to find a player who um, can enhance or amplify, you know, Carl Anthony Towns versus uh, in the rest of your roster and the rest of your culture and be complimentary versus like finding someone or a group of, of people who can put their own mark on the team, you know, because you, you've got, you've got a tremendous player already on your roster. Do you need those two to three stars or are you more or less building around Carl? You definitely need as many stars as you can find. I think that simplifies the game and that's probably the best formula to have success. But for us, we're very fortunate to have uh, the franchise cornerstone in, in Carl Anthony Towns and, uh, a player that's very well suited for this modern NBA age. And, you know, while we want to acquire other stars, we want to get stars that are complementary to him. I think we are fortunate to have uh, the best shooting big, credible versatility to play inside and out, very unselfish, creative passer. So a guy that's easy to compliment. You know, he's not a guy that wants to do everything. He's a guy that wants to impact winning. And for us, Getting D'Angelo was was a step in that direction this season. A playmaker with shooting that can score, that can complement Carl's game. And for us, you know, there's another opportunity to continue 
to add to that formula and whether it's the draft here or a couple of guys that we have on our roster, a guy like Malik Beasley, uh, who we acquired at this draft as well, who's a very explosive player. Uh, we've got some young wings that we're excited about on our roster as well. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to build around your best players. You have to complement them offensively. You have to complement them defensively and you have to complement them with talent. Carl is 24, 25 years old. We're making sure that he develops into the best player he can be. And the reality is that we're, you know, we're stewards over his career. And our goal is to be ready as an organization when he's at his best in his prime at 27, 28, because he's got a lot of growth left and a lot of development. And as he grows and develops, we're going to grow and develop. But to be able to have a strong team, a strong roster, a strong organization going into the prime of his career to give us an opportunity to compete and contend for very meaningful things here in Minnesota is something that we definitely look forward to. You've used the word development a number of different times there. Um, which I think is is really great and really you know, wonderful to hear. But it's also really interesting because I think sometimes like some organizations take the approach of bring the players in, develop them a little bit, right? But you really want the players who are kind of ready to ready to go right away. Because then, you know, when it comes to development, you have to go through an entire like process of making sure that you have the right coaches, the right staff, the right performance scientists, the right analysts, everyone who can actually feed information so that you are getting the right development pathways in place for your players. So you, you've been in, you've been in Minnesota for, um, you know, well over a year now. Uh, you know, are you still in that like cultural rebuilding phase? And how does like your, your desire to do talent development mesh with that cultural rebuild? How important was it to have like a really great staff around you? And how, um, and how much of an emphasis do you put on development? And then making sure that the development is integrated with, you know, your cultural rebuild? Yeah, it's incredibly important, Steve. And and I would say we are who our people are. And whether that's, you know, on the floor with our players or in the front office or on the coaching staff, it's about people. And development is always going to be a key tenant for us. Uh, the, The reality is in great organizations, organizations that have had a ton of success are known for that. You make your people better. You make your players better. I, I don't think that ever stops. And to me, having been in the league close to 20 years, you look at the challenges of maximizing your resources. And it's, it's unbelievable to have the number one pick. It's great to do trades, but those are rare things. Uh, the reality is how you make your organization better is what you do day in and day out. And it's the little things. It's you know the ability to grow, to develop, to establish um, your culture to establish your character, your your identity, your environment, your philosophy. Those are things that if you don't have that foundation, you're not going to be able to have sustainable success. And it's something that we talk about, we preach about. Our staff, from a front office perspective, is 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 a very strong staff by design. Um, I, I take a lot of pride in uh, likely the most diverse staff in the NBA. Our coaching staff. Uh, led by Ryan Saunders, is a very dynamic group, very player-centric. Our, our, our coaches, our assistants are guys that not only can relate to players, but can get on the floor. Um, they're very dynamic in their approaches and their teaching styles. And our, our focus is always to get better. And we can't make our players better if we ourselves aren't getting better. And we are not challenging ourselves and challenging our philosophy 
We're still going through the process. We change the style of play, how we're playing offensively, how we're playing defensively, how we're developing our players in terms of overall player development. That's a process that it takes time. And until you have those habits in place, until individuals are on the same page, it's work every day. But it's something that our group is is very passionate about. And it's something that when, you know, you're part of this organization, if you're a player for this organization, the goals and the objectives are very clear. And we're in an incredibly historic uh, Western Conference right now where there's so much talent, there's so much depth. Uh, but that's the challenge and and the reality that we face. And for us to have the opportunity to be a winner, to be a playoff team, to be a contending team, it's what we do now. It's it's not the big moves in into the future. It's how we establish our character, how we establish our identity. Are we true to ourselves with uh, our strengths and our weaknesses and, and becoming who we want to become? But the reality is, that's a process that takes time and it takes the right people. And we're fortunate to have those individuals on the floor and off the floor here in Minnesota. But you're absolutely right, Steve. We're, we're in a process of development, but it's a group that's very competitive and wants that development to happen sooner rather than later. And, and then that's the attitude that I appreciate as a leader in an organization. Gerson, you clearly think about culture and environment so much. So how did you continually evaluate the culture in the organization on a daily, weekly and monthly basis? Do you uh, consciously put time in your fellow leaders and staff's calendars to think about it specifically or is it an organic, ongoing process? Um, I guess guess the interesting bit to me is what does that ongoing process look like? It's definitely a process, Matt. And, you know, we like to talk about actions over words. Uh, It's easy to use popular terms that make you feel good about you or your organization. Uh, and culture and environment and all those things surely are. But a key focus for us is over communication. We have consistent meetings as as a basketball operations group on a regular basis to make sure where we're at in terms of our objectives. And we really make it a point to have strong data points, whether it's off-season development, pre-season preparations, uh, in-season, middle of the season, end of the season, Uh, exit interviews, not only for our players, but for our staff. We know our goals. We know our objectives. We know where we want to be from a culture, environment, and process approach. But are we there? And if we're not there, let's be honest with ourselves and realize what we're missing and what do we have to do to get to our objectives. And uh, those are are conversations that are not always easy. Uh, Those are conversations that you have to be honest and realistic about where you're at and what you're going through. And as a staff, you know, we really appreciate those conversations because it allows us to know that, A, we have a lot more work to do, but B, we're on the right path. And there's a lot of humility in being able to challenge yourself and not take it personal and realize that early on when you're laying a foundation like this, you're not going to get the results and the wins that you want. But it's the process. It's what are you doing during that time to make sure that you're doing the little things right. You're setting the habits. You're setting the examples for the organization in order to have a high level success. Because, if you know, and I'll say it all the time, but if you don't have that foundation, you're not going to be able to sustain any vision or any philosophy. So 
you know, I, I would say we to, to a certain point we over communicated. You know, there's there's important we don't we don't meet every day for the sake of meeting every day, but when we do meet, it's very targeted meetings to address where we're at. We empower our staff to really take ownership over their responsibilities in their departments so they can lead us and guide us and make us aware of our successes or our shortfalls. I think that provides a lot of pride for individuals to really be determined to, to push their departments forward. And as a result, that helps our organization move forward. One thing that I didn't want to, I didn't want to ignore um, that, you know, that's kind of swirling around you today. You were a part of the sale process of the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, you were with that club for a long time. So you were able to experience that and kind of go through that as well. Now, now you're you're the head guy at a, at a club that's uh, potentially on the market. Um, you've got a great ownership group, and I know I'm sure these things are very very fluid in how they typically go. But if the reports are true, um, you you're potentially getting uh, having 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 to potentially meet and talk to your your new owner potentially. So. As part of the diligence process, do you, do you actually meet with the new prospective owners on a regular basis? It's such a unique situation when there's ownership sales in our industry or in sports, but it, it's it's a true reality. It's a reality of, of our industry. Uh, I, as you mentioned, I went through it in Houston and I'm going through it here in, in Minnesota with the Timberwolves. But as you mentioned, it's a very fluid situation. And uh, as much as we tell our players, you know, control the controllable, that's where we're at. And I'm, I'm fortunate to have an incredible owner in Glenn Taylor, who's been very supportive and brought me here to this organization and has been very transparent through this process. Just the stage that he's at in terms of his ownership cycle and, you know, where he's at family wise, it's very understandable. And it's a, it's a reality in, in our industry. But to have a great partner in Glenn who's kept us up to date with everything that's going on, you know, these situations aren't done until they're done. But to be part and to answer your question, yeah, we, we talk to the prospective groups and we get an understanding of, of who's involved. Fortunately, we've been able to have some progress here over the last 14, 15 months and really change the trajectory of this organization and because of that, I think that there's a lot of excitement uh, in terms of new ownership groups that see a young team with an exciting future and uh, an upside that's built around guys like Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and now a number one pick. Uh, but it's it's definitely a unique process. It's a unique situation. Uh, you get to meet a lot of great people. But when you're speaking about an, an acquisition or a purchase of an organization of this type, it takes time and uh, it's very fluid and it's not done until it's done. I think there's a lot of scenarios where Glenn Taylor continues to own our team in, in some shape or form, whether it's his majority owner or, or minority owner. So that relationship is strong and it's, and it's greatly appreciated. And uh, the groups that we've been able to, to meet and get to know through this process have been exciting. There are people that are excited about uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves and excited about our vision. Um, this is incredibly important to Glenn Taylor that if he does sell the team, it's to a group that's committed to the community and committed to the organization. And that really helps the process of uh, selling uh, and buying the teams is just a, a reality in our in our industry and in our line of work. And uh, it, it's exciting to see the potential to partner with individuals who can push the team into the future. 
And so aside from the draft, Gerson, what's the single most important thing that you can do yourself over the course of the next, call it six months, to ensure that the organization is, is on the path that you want it to be on to get back to, like you said, championship caliber basketball. Um, is there is there like a singular focus aside from the draft that you have over the next couple of months that, that you need to get accomplished? The number one focus will continue to be our people. Um, and that's staff, that's players. But I would also add the second thing is process, making sure that our vision, our plan is moving forward. We talked about adjusting in a pandemic and making sure that in, in my position, in my seat as a leader, that um, we're uh, moving forward in the best way possible for this organization. Uh, Roster-wise, team-building-wise, having the right people, having the right process is incredibly important. Having the right people and the right process in place of developing players and executing uh, your philosophy and your strategy on the court, that's incredibly important. And we've gone through a process this summer and it's, it's a credit to our staff and, and our players and our people, but you know, we currently have an, an individual like Sachin Gupta, who's up for the GM position in Sacramento. Uh, we have uh, our associate head coach, who's up for the head coach position with the Chicago Bulls and, and the Indiana Pacers. Uh, you know, we've had some of our staff get promotions and get opportunities both inside and outside the organization. Those are the first fruits and the signs of a good organization, good people who are doing good work and deserve the opportunity to grow and develop, whether that's internally or externally. And I really believe that speaks to our players. They see the quality of individuals that we have in this organization. They see the vision. Uh, and they see the commitment to what we're trying to do. And it makes our job a little harder on the short end because you've got to go out and find more good people. But long term, it's what we want to be known about. Uh, an organization that not only has success and championship success on the court, but it has success internally with great people that do great things. And a big part of having those great people um, who are doing great things is 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 obviously how you develop them. Um, and I think uh, all our listeners can tell that you know based upon your career and and uh, and how your career is developed um, that it, it really sounds like you've got a really good sense on on how to develop people around you. So in in that vein, in that vein, um, I want to ask you a few questions on uh, on how some of our listeners out there can develop themselves. Um, is, is there a book, a podcast, uh, a show recommendation that, you know, over the last couple of months during COVID, something that you've, uh, you've picked up that you thought was really, really helpful? Steve, you know, it, it's a great question. And it's actually one of the reasons why I initially got involved with leaders. It's a continual process of learning uh, and improving and getting better. And you really have to challenge yourself as a leader and your staff uh, individually. And I appreciate the question in terms of podcasts or books, and, and we do a ton of that. I'm a big believer in, in speakers. Uh, we talked about it earlier with our players as we went through the pandemic. Uh, we've really challenged our staff, our, our front office, our coaching staff, in uh, how, how can you improve yourself? Uh, because the reality is they improve individually, uh, will improve together as a group. And we've done everything from, you know, mock interviews from every side of the organization for uh, the highest jobs to prepare people and let them know where they're at, where their strengths are, where their shortcomings. And, uh, that, you know, it really brings into reality uh, what individuals want in their career and also what they lack 
I'm a big believer and, and we'll do book series with our guys as a staff. We set up messaging platforms to make sure that any good article, any good book, uh, any good podcast, we're talking about it. We, uh, we've set up with our sports psychologists where on a monthly basis, we'll have a call and we talk about all of those things. How do we get better? We talk about the, the different things that are going on in our world right now and how we can respond to it from a leadership and from an organizational perspective. But you really have to empower your staff to find those areas. And then as a leader, you have to challenge them to it. And for us, are we doing the most advanced work in all areas? You know, we're, we're fortunate, you know, we've, we've got different individuals in different areas, whether it's the coaching, the scouting, the analytics, uh, even the medical piece where we're, we're continually pushing the boundaries to see if there's something that we can do that can create a competitive advantage for us and our organization uh, moving forward. And a lot of that goes back to communication. Uh, you know, there's guys that are that are challenging each other. And whether it's the coaches with the front office, uh, there's a lot of role playing that we do where we reverse responsibility so we can look at things through others' eyes. Or whether it's scouts and analysts who are primarily focused on analytics, it's take them out of their safe space, take them out of their comfortable environment and put them in a situation where they're not comfortable and they're growing and developing putting defensive coaches on the offensive side and offensive coaches on the defensive side is challenging the norm, challenging what we're used to and trying to find better ways to do and be what we talk about. Uh, we've had incredible speakers come in and talk to our staff, big fan of, of, of guys like John Gordon, uh, Inky Johnson. We've had Bob Iger speak to our group, Tony Dungy, uh, really guys that are giants in their field to challenge our group and to challenge us about our philosophies and, and our priorities and our objectives and um, really measuring the response to those things. It's not just, oh, we, had, we heard a great speaker or we read a good book or we did a good podcast, but what are you doing after those conversations? What are the takeaways? What are the next steps? How can we become better as an organization? And then reviewing that. And we invest a ton into our staff and uh, the, the commitment and the response that we receive is an appreciation to the organization, uh, which at the end of the day means a high level commitment. And for a young startup like, like ourselves, we need that. Uh, we need passionate individuals. We need committed individuals. So it'll impact our players and it'll impact our philosophy and the vision for this organization. That's a great answer. You know, it's very dynamic, um, like you, like you, Gerson. So I really appreciate that. Um, that was terrific. You know, always a joy to speak with you. Uh, really appreciate all of your insight, especially when you're so busy at the moment. Thanks so much for for this. This is a. I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of this one. Please stay safe and and good luck in the coming weeks and months as uh, your season gets going. I appreciate that, Steve. Wish you guys uh, uh, safety out there in Los Angeles right now and. My man, Matt, look forward to being in London here sooner rather than later, man. Uh, absolutely. No doubt about it. Thank you, Gerson. And, and thank you, Steve. Always great to chat to you, Gerson. Um, we'll miss you this year in London, uh, this November, but hopefully it won't be <laughs> too long until uh, the next time we either get across the pond or, or you come here. But do send our best to Robbie and the great team you have in Minnesota. Uh, thanks for your time today and, and stay safe and, and speak soon. That's it for another episode. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then you can find many more like it 
on the Leaders Content Hub, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your preferred platform. Check us out at Leaders underscore Insight on Twitter as well, as all our content gets posted on there. Gerson has been a member of the Leaders Performance Institute both in Houston and now in Minnesota. So if you'd like to do the same and access all the content, virtual learning, events, and also engage with over 700 members from 150 teams in 25 countries spanning 20 sports worldwide, then head over to leadersinsport.com forward slash performance to learn more about the home of total high performance. Thanks to our podcast sponsor, Kaiser, who, as I said earlier, are the main partners of the Leaders Performance Institute as well. Uh, they've been leading the way in exercise equipment for 40 years and more than 80% of top professional sports teams in the world now put their trust in them. If you want to join them, then get in touch with one of the leaders team for an introduction or head over to kaiser.com to find out more. Once again, thank you to John, Luke and all the content team behind the scenes for making this all possible and providing some brilliant questions for our guests. Uh, we really hope you're enjoying these conversations because we certainly are. Until next time, stay safe and keep thinking. Speak soon. <music>